by Faith Family Church. Be blessed. Before you sit down, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33, verse 7. Shall we read together? Up to verse 11. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out of the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. You may be seated. Meeting God. Meeting with God. There's a place that God is drawing his people to a place of an encounter with God. A place of meeting with God. Many of you might have heard a saying or a statement that goes like this that if a leader stops learning or reading that leader begins their downfall. I want to put it this way. If a leader stops seeking God that leader begins their downfall. When a leader stops meeting with God, they begin their downfall. Moses, Musa, is stirred up. He is challenged. Greatly challenged. How can the people that have seen 
miracles. How can people that have crossed the Red Sea, how can people that have seen water come out of the rock, how can people that have seen Food fall from heaven and just falls down and people begin to eat. How can the same people build an idol? And they begin to worship this idol instead of God. He is challenged. And he can't understand it. If it was possible, if it was in his power, he could have killed all these people. But he can't. He's moved with compassion. And he pleads with God. Says, Father, don't abandon your people. You are the one who drove them out of Egypt. You are taking them to the promised land. Don't abandon them. He says, what would the nation say if they hear that the people you took from Egypt, you've abandoned them on the way? What would the people say? So Moses, deep, deep in his heart, he is challenged. He says, what can I do? He looks at the environment in which he's leading from. He looks at the environment in which the people are living. And he says, what can I do? What can I do? Deep in his heart, it is evident that there is a God. He has had these undeniable encounters with God. On a personal level, it's as though he has met God face to face. He knows there is a God. He knows there is a God that spoke to me. He appeared to me in the burning bush. I saw it. It was burning. It was not being consumed. There was no smoke. And I said, let me turn around and see this thing that is non-common. Moses, deep, deep in his heart, he knows there is a God. This God, one day, we were so stuck behind us. Our enemies were running after us. Ahead of us, there was a sea we could not cross. The people I was with, they wanted to attack. They were blaming me. And I said, what do I do? But this God spoke to me very clearly. And he said, Stretch your staff on the sea. I did it. It divided to him. He knows there is a God. 
but he looks at the situation before him. Terrible situation. There is no God in the camp. Everyone is doing whatever they want to do. The presence of God is not in the camp. Moses is stirred up. He gets an idea. And he says, I will take my tent. I'll take my tent. I'll take it from the camp. I'll take it somewhere. Far. Away from the camp. And I'll call it. Can I? Yes. Let's say this is the tent. It says. I'll take it out of the camp. I'll take it out of the camp. And I'll take it far. This may not be far. But he says, I'll take it out. And I'll call it the place of meeting. Meeting who? Not man. Not friends. Not people. But meeting with God. When you are challenged, troubled, troubled, you look all around. The place is full of darkness. No one is turning to God. Even those who pretend to be believers. In the inside of them you don't see God. What do you do? When you are surrounded. It's as though you are under a siege. A spiritual siege. On your phone, it's as though there's a siege. There are those who are ready to capture you. There are forces that are ready to capture you. You press one button, it leads to something else, it leads to another, it leads to another. By the time you know it, you're captured. You're captured either in humanism, you're captured either in pornography, you're captured either in promiscuity, captured in your very living room. There is this nice looking TV set, which is fine, looks innocent, but just a button away, you can be captured. Your heart captured, your mind captured. You become a slave to something that 
the Lord delivered you from many years ago. The what do you do when you turn around? You board a taxi or you walk through the streets. And there is no godliness. Maybe at your workplace or at home or wherever. What do you do? Moses says there is a problem in the camp. I can only do one thing. Take my tent. Put it somewhere. And I'll call it. The place of meeting. Meeting with God. And the Bible says whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the People rose. They rise. They stand. But it is at their tents. At their tents. No one is going. They rise, but they don't move. They rise, but they don't move. They stay at the place of their tents. The doors. They don't walk there are things that at times Christians can see they may seem to be stirred up they may seem to rise but no progress They are not progressing in God. They are not progressing. Yes, they are up. But to take a step, step of faith, how, how can I live? my comfort zone. How can I leave my tent? What is in my tent? All my belongings are in here. There are things that are attached to them. Attached to them. Attached to them. Captured into them. They can't let go. Even when there is a clear demand, the need is overwhelming. These people have just committed a 
great scene. Built an idol. Not only that, but they are bowing down. And they they are calling an idol their God. And it's not something that has just happened to them. But the hearts, the hearts are far from God. Their minds are far from God. And any slight thing that happens, just, just text them. Just text them. So they rise, but they remain at the doors. You come to a service. You hear the word of God. And you see people who are going. They're surrendering. And even you, you seem to be surrendering. But Monday comes. Maybe not even Monday. But Sunday afternoon. As you're walking home. You feel bored. And as this boredom comes to you. You open up to it. You believe it. And then you're like, okay, what do I do? Where do I go? And the devil is there. He brings all these thoughts in you. Do this, do that, do this, do this, do this. And immediately, you've forgotten that there is a God. Why? Because you are living in an environment. You are living in a nation. In a community. Where there is spiritual pollution. Places polluted. Polluted. And because within you. You've not built up that tenacity. That power within you. As the Bible says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think. Not according to external power. Not according to his power in heaven. But according to the power that works within us. And so within you, if there is not that of God, that truth in you, the light in you, the love of God within you, if it's not there, you're not built up in the word of God, you're not grounded in the word of God, so you are empty within. I've hidden thy word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so it's that which happens within that matters. That either causes you to say no to the devil and say yes to God or to say yes to the devil and say no to God and at times knowingly or unknowingly. 
And so Sunday evening, you've already forgotten that you were in the service a few hours ago, a few minutes ago. Monday, you're all by yourself in all your things. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, you tend to rise. But you remain at the door of your tent. Moses, Musa, the Bible says, Bible in verse 8, verse 8, so it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle. So what is Moses doing? Moses Musa. gets up and he goes. He goes. He goes. He's walking. He's paying a price. Paying a price. It's not that, oh Lord, bless me and reveal yourself to me according to my ways. On my terms. He's paying the price. He leaves everything behind. Why? You wonder why Jesus is with the disciples. Twelve. He leaves the nine somewhere. He goes with the three. And he opens up to them and he says, I'm burdened. And the Bible says, he says, stay here. And he goes alone. He goes alone. Friends, there is something about letting go. Letting go. Letting go. Letting go of the world. Letting go of things that can easily distract you. Some of these things may not even be evil. But they are going to stand between you and God. You need to meet God. You need to Touch God. Not just for things. Not for things. Not for a job. Not for money. Not for marriage. Not for this and the other. But because there is a longing in your heart for him. He's your father. He's your God. And so he satisfies the longing soul. He only satisfies the longing soul. And so it is that soul that yearns for him. As David said, Ale will I seek you. Ale will I seek you. And in these days, tricky days, tricky situation, everything is needs your attention. Your children need your attention. Your wife wants your attention. Your husband wants your attention. Your boss wants your attention. 
Everything around you wants your attention. It is that time now that is very tricky. And that's why when the world tries to put a demand on you, where is your God? Show us God. Nothing comes out of you. Nothing comes out of you. When something happens in the family, and it needs God to intervene. You cannot provide God. You cannot open the door for an answer to come forth in your family, at your workplace. Why? In the inside of you, you've not built up yourself in God. You've not sought God on a daily basis. It's only in a crisis. It's only when you have a need that you pray. And so when prayer turns into praying for things, praying for God's intervention, and none of fellowshipping with God, none of pouring your heart to God, let the ancient people be as they sought God. So you are in a situation light has to come out in darkness. Nothing shows up. Nothing comes out of you. There is a situation around you that is trying to say where is your God? Where is your God? And nothing can come out of you. Why? Because you are caught up in all these things. Why? Because you're not seeing the need now to pay the price of putting aside everything to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this year, 2019, is a bridge year. It's going to lead us into the next decade. We begin 2020. And from there, 2021, 2022, and so on. According to the Hebrew calendar, it's 977 and somewhere either around um, September or October we cross into 5780 so it will be a different decade there is that shift that is taking place. Now those who are caught up in their world, they don't see, they don't understand the times, they don't understand the seasons, they may not know what is in the heart of God. They may not know what God is planning. They may not know what the enemy is planning. Why? They're caught up in something else. 
they are caught up in the world. And it's very, very important that at a time as this, there are those whose eyes open and say, in this environment, I can't hear God. I can't meet with God. I'm caught up in the cares of the world. I'm caught up in the fears of the world. I'm caught up in the pressures. What do I do? Let me take my tent. Pay the price. Meet with God. Meet with God. Why is Moses meeting with God? He's a leader. Leading millions of people. He seems to be successful. And he regularly talks with God. But he has a desire. I need to meet with God. Why? Why? We are living in a time now. You get saved. You begin to grow. You begin serving God. They begin to call you all sorts of names, titles. And eventually what happens? Someone who used to seek God, hunger for God, that hunger is gone, that seeking of God is gone. You remain in the system, system, but the going to that place. To that place. Is forgotten. Forgotten. And what happens? Eventually. We begin to do things that do not glorify God. We begin to say things that do not glorify God. But then we justify ourselves. We justify ourselves. My actions are biblical. But then we twist the word because we want to justify our sinful nature and our fallen and everything is okay. And once you have a a position and you have a title and you have a following then the people may not easily know that you have fallen and you've left God. You've left your place in God. They will begin praising you. They begin adoring you. They begin saying all sorts of things about you and this and the other. And, and, And because you've 
been lifted so you reach to a point where you need to maintain yourself maintain a certain status a certain status maintain a certain level if it is cars to maintain that status if it is a way of dressing up to maintain that status if it's a way of speaking and this and the other to maintain that status and in order for you to maintain that status then you begin to come up with all sorts of things to try to keep yourself there and so a moment comes where it's no longer about God. God maintaining you there. God taking you closer and closer to himself. it's about you. If it's not at that level of, of leadership, it can be about you and your family. Your family knows you. We have a believer here. We have a child of God here. We have someone here who knows God, who prays and this and the other. And so they, they take you in high esteem. But deep, deep in your heart, you are empty. You are empty. You've lost that which they used to know, but they can't know it because they are not deeply in God. But a time will come when the exposure will take place. The enemy begins to expose those that he has enticed to his side. Why does he expose them? To ashamed God. To ashamed the name of God. And to cause people to say, look, 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 look. These are the people of God. These are the servants of God. But look at the other side of them. And when that happens, the defending of yourself, defending ourselves without allowing our hearts to open to say, oh, wait a minute. How did I get here? I stopped going to that place. I stopped going to that place. And so now I've allowed people to occupy my time, occupy my life. I've allowed things, I've allowed my job, I've allowed this and the other. And you're trying to get back to your senses. And the devil says, no, 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 no. no. You know you're still okay. You know you're fine. You know you need to work. Don't you see the days? Look at your children. They need fees. Look at your this and the other. The, the financial demands are too high. And so, and so you on the right track. Because even the Bible says, he who does not work shall not eat. And so, you're like, oh, really? Yes, 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 yes. And actually, I, I stand. I rise. I rise, but I don't move. I don't go. In other words, there are no fruits. Fruits in your drawing closer to God. Fruitfulness. That this week, this is what I've done in getting closer to God. I have worshipped God and and as I look into my life, I see that to resist evil. It's in me. The grace of God is upon me. And so that which used to put me down, it 
doesn't put me down. Why? Because of my getting closer to God. I look in my life now and, and when I read the Bible I, I see that my heart is longing for the word. When I worship I see that I go beyond the song and I touch the God in the song. That's what I see. And so fruits that can be there. You're seeing progress. You're seeing that you're not only putting aside time to pray and to seek God, but you see fruitfulness. Moses goes again. And the Bible says, it came to pass in verse 9 when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. He walks. He walks. This pillar is not coming down when he's walking to that place. The cloud is not descending as he's walking there. It's not. It is until he gets there and he enters that the cloud comes down. Until when he enters church friends it's not about you doing things your way. Your way. You pray your way, your own way. You surrender to God your own way. You, you, you do it in the comfort of your Life. Convenient. When I have time, then I will do this. Let me first finish everything. Then I turn to God. And God says, okay. Okay. So you are putting me number what? Am I number one, number two, number four, number five? Your mind, your heart says, God, you are my number one. And God says, really? But, you wake up, you do everything, and then you've cleared your table, then you turn to me. But by the time you turn to me, you're tired, you're exhausted, and so we cannot engage. We cannot engage. We cannot concentrate. And remember, when your body is tired, the mind is tired, you'll sleep. Because naturally, there'll be that toll on you. And, and it is 
very difficult to engage spiritually with God. When the body is exhausted, when, when the body is tired, when the mind has closed up. And so the spirit cannot just engage with God, but the mind is off, the heart is off. That's why he always wants to renew our minds. That's why he says, your body is my temple. It It is not until the body is in my hands that I sit in you, I reside in you, I live in you, and we engage. Now, Moses goes and until he enters that the glory comes down. At times, it is until you've reached a certain level. You've reached a certain level. The heart is committed. The mind is committed. And there is that movement today tomorrow, the other day, the other day, the other day, nothing is happening much, but the heart is longing for him. You've you've left everything the other day and the other day and the other day until finally you go in. He, He opens the door and he says, welcome. Welcome. And eventually he begins to touch your heart. The very depth of you. He begins to reveal himself to you. He begins to reveal his plans for you. He begins to reveal his heart to you. And as he's opening up himself, you are melting within. And as he says that, oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Now because you've begun to so the desire to abide in him also increases. I'd rather stay here, Lord. Father, I don't want to go back in that situation. This messed up. And then he says, yes. I've brought you here to impact you, to fill you. But I want you to go back. Go back in that environment for service. Go back there. Because the light in you eventually, I want it to affect the darkness around you. And so in other words, it's not only about having a desire and being filled with holiness and righteousness and a closeness to God, but it goes to another level where it is all for service, all to reveal him to the dying world, to reach out, to do something about the environment in which you live. There are those times that God has told me just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Whether you see nothing, whether you hear, just keep coming. You cannot keep coming to God and you end up in shame. 
Never. Never. You cannot keep coming. And you fail. You can't. You cannot keep coming to God. And he does not empower you. One of the days this week. One of the nights. I was was lying down here. And all of a sudden. I see myself lifted. And I hear him say. Authority. Against darkness. Authority. Against darkness. Powers of darkness. And as he was saying that. I began to see myself. No devil. No powers of darkness. Stand nothing. Nothing, nothing can stand between me and God. Nothing. Why? You, you begin to see yourself in him. So you are lost in his greatness. You are lost in his authority. You are lost in who he is. So he covers you. So, for the devil to touch you, he needs to first touch Jesus. He needs to first defeat that covering over you. And the devil cannot defeat Jesus. And so, if he's your refuge, if he's your strong tower, then what does that mean? What does that mean? You cannot be outside. Outside, lost. And he's your refuge. It's it's not possible. It's because you are in an environment which is hostile spiritually. But then you are in him. And your being in him, your security in him, is because you spend, it's not because you spend more time in this dark environment, but it's because there is a place. There is a place. You always go to meet with him, to meet with God, to fellowship with God. And eventually, the way you see things is different. The way you react to your environment is different. And Eventually, you are in this environment which is difficult. Financially, things are difficult. In different areas, things are difficult. But you, in the inside of you, there is that peace, there is that joy, there is that strength because you are not just in this environment, but you are in him. And so when the Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being, it's not just quoting it. 
But it's because of this price that you pay daily, daily, daily of going to this meeting place, meeting with him, meeting with God on a daily basis. So eventually, his life is in you. You are the apple of his eye. You are his battle axe. There is a special assignment. He says, whom should I deploy? Whom should I send? And you are ready. So he says, okay, go. Let me send you. This cloud only comes down when Moses has entered. There are things in God and about God that you will only begin to experience when you begin to go after him. When you pay that price of getting closer to him only when you reach that level. Otherwise, those that go there are the ones that you're going to be depending on. What is God saying? What is my future like? I don't know what's happening. Please, I'm confused. Please, can you talk to me? Can you prophesy to me? So you, you may only depend on that. Now, once those that you are depending on are not the kind that go there, but they are also caught up in their own world, but then your image above them Men of God, servants of God, oh, my prayer partner, my prayer partner is prayerful. My prayer partner knows God. Why? Because at one time they said something which was accurate. Maybe at one time they encouraged you. And so you still see them in that picture. But when actually they left God long time ago. They they backslid long time ago. But you don't know. You don't know why you have no personal encounter with God. Now, the Bible says that when Moses entered, verse 10, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose. What did the people do? Watch this. There is the tabernacle. Moses is inside. The presence of God comes down. These are the people. All of them. They see it. And they rise. And they do what? They did what? They worshipped. The Bible says they worshipped. But where are they worshipping from? They are worshipping from their doorposts. Not under the cloud. Not inside. But remember this. When the tabernacle was set up, 
The Bible says in verse 7 that whoever wanted to meet with God went. But no one is going. It's only Moses. These are the people are doing it from afar. They're worshipping from afar. So, why does someone lift their hands, lift their voice, and they sing, and they worship, but their hearts don't change? Why? It's because they're at their doors. Their doors, their tents, they are not going there. You cannot enter there and your heart remains the same. You can't. Why do people go to church every Sunday and they worship and they feel a presence? Kind of. They may even see they see. But they are not experiencing it on, on a personal level. Personal level. You don't. As for you, mm. you have not that personal encounter with God. As for you, you, you have you, you can talk. You can talk about him. You can teach about him. You can even pray. Moses intercedes but from within. Within the temple. Within the tabernacle. He's within. He, he's not far. And so eventually the demand he's putting on God show me your glory. Show me your glory. He is doing that from inside. Not from far. When he says if your presence does not go with us the Bible says he's doing it face to face with God. That's why you can go for an overnight. You can go for a prayer meeting. And you pray. The time ends. And your life is not touched. Your life is not changed. Why? Why? You are not putting a demand that God it's not about these words I'm saying, but Father, I want to meet with you. That God, beyond this song, Father, my heart is longing for you. God, beyond that person preaching, beyond that person leading us in worship and praise, I want to get lost in you. Beyond the music, beyond the instruments, Father, I want to meet you. So that's why people who know that there is a place of meeting and there is the door of the tent, people who know that there is this difference, every time they say, 
I don't want to stay here. I want to go. When they come for service, they say, beyond the people around me, I want God. I want to meet with God. Beyond this family altar, beyond this praying together at home, I want to meet with God. And such people who keep on going and they keep on going as the Bible says he who goes forth sowing painfully their seeds they'll come back with sheaves of joy. Ladies and gentlemen as I conclude, I want to say to you, the world needs Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. Your friends need Jesus. Your school needs God. Your workplace needs God. But it is only those people who meet with God that eventually cross over from general happiness, from just a group. They cross over, they stand out, they meet with God, and God begins to show up through them. He puts his word on their lips. He gives them a word of knowledge that is really from him. He gives them marching orders that when they are leading, they are not leading according to their minds, not because of what they are reading in books, not because of what they are hearing from others, but they have this personal experience, personal encounter, and such people, you look at their message, you look at their life, they match. You look at their private life, you look at their public life, they match. They match. Why? They go to a place where they die from. They go to a place where he changes them from. They go to a place where they are vulnerable to God. And so this God says, you did something wrong. I didn't like it. But then they break easily before God and say, Father, forgive me. Father, change my heart. Lord, renew the right spirit within me, Lord. Father, I need more of you. Father, they have no excuses. They're not blaming anybody. They take personal responsibility of their actions. And because they take personal responsibility, God, who is a God of truth, he easily shows up to them. Why does God tell David, or say of David, a man after my heart, is it because that David had no sins? No, David sinned. He sinned. He did things that were not of God. But one thing about David was this heart of brokenness. This heart, this contrite heart that yes, I acknowledge. I've walked away. I've done wrong things. But I acknowledge there is a God and I need to let go of my past and I need to surrender fully to God. 
the kind of people that keep on going to that place. They never remain the same. May God open your eyes that you may see amidst the pressures of the world there is a place of meeting with God. There's a place. Some of those people that go there, they begin to be led by God. Every step they take, and such people get to a point where it's not about putting demands on God. God, you promise this. God, you say this. God, do for me this. God, do for me this. So such people, it's no longer about the promises of God. That's about God himself. It's not about using prayer using prayer to get what they want. But it's about saying, Lord, I surrender to your will. To your will. I may want this, but Father, I am open to your will. Your will. Your will. Your heart. Stand up on your feet. Israel, the children of Israel crossed from the wilderness into the promised land in the most critical time when River Jordan was flooding. That's when they crossed. That's when God said, Cross. But they had to hear instructions. Let the priests get the ark. And as soon as their feet step in the waters, River Jordan will open up. It is in this time when darkness has increased in the world, when evil has increased, it is in this time when the pressures and the cares of the world are so great that those who seek God, who turn to Him, find Him. Find Him. Father, we surrender to you. Thank you for listening. We hope you are blessed. For more information, you can look us up on Facebook. May the Lord richly bless.